Hey guys, welcome back to the Alpha Artist Podcast, official podcast of digital and creative media works, where each week we take something from pop culture and break it down to try to better understand it. My name is David. Hi, my name is Ben. I'll get that eventually. No, it's fine. <laughs> I think hi is good. It's good because your reflex is to say hi because that was how you, you yeah, it's always say it. doing it for two years. You're I not going to stop me now. <laughs> I, I'm trying to disrupt patterns, Ben. It's a marketing yeah. Are you just going to throw out different intros every week? I thought about that for the whole year, but I think people yeah. might get tired of it after about three. Also, you may so. like start just sort of running out. We just yeah. start dropping some slam poetry. I, I don't have, I don't have like a ton of inspiration. <laughs> so at some point when I'm rapping about my my like dead auntie, yeah, it'll be like, all right, David. Yeah, I it's think, like, okay, I think we need to, run we course. need to cancel the podcast. Yeah. Um. So it's a new month. It's a new. Oh us. boy, it's, it's a new me. It's a new, new, new month, new us for uh, for. 30 28 days. Twenty eighteen. It's my days. birthday tomorrow. It's it gonna, is. Gonna say that. Yeah. It's I'm also turning twenty three. Too old to be yeah. doing a podcast. Well, um, much too old. Yeah, we should have proper adult jobs by now, but it's fine. <laughs> um, so that being said, it's February, and as everyone it's, knows, it's ben, what? Sorry, it's February. 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 What did you say? <laughs> what? February. February. What February. Feb. I can't say it anymore. I've Let's just continue. Uh, so it's February, apparently. Wait, am I saying it wrong? You said February. Is that it's not February. right? February. Oh god! Okay, it's gonna be the whole British Australian thing. It's not important. Yeah, it's the m- month starts with the letter F, so this theme starts with the letter F, and the theme oh, that's good for this month is future. Is that why January future. was jite uh, scenes? <laughs> yep, it was. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be the uh, it's alliteration is what we're going for this mm. year, and not for artist podcast. I thought to change it up every month should start with it's the letter of the theme. So, February yeah. futurism. February futurism. And last month was February fight scene. February fight. January giant scene. <laughs> um, yeah. So to kick this off, I have a problem, which is that I play too much Subnautica. That's unfortunate. So I thought what we'd do is talk about the futurism of Subnautica. That's unfortunate. No, it's a good. It's, it's a, good a really one. great game. It's a, it's a bloody man. This has been a long. I, have we done Three an episode years, right? on this? We haven't done an episode. We did a we did a video. We, we've on done it, like about two. We've years done ago. videos, but I don't think we've done a podcast on it. This is like a long time coming because this game was like it's been in early access for I, three years, right? Yeah, I I I played this game. The first time I played this game was when it was a a terrain generation tech demo. Yep, which was in like 2012. Wow. So what? Six years later, we oh, have no. we have Subnautica. To be fair, it's like literally just gotten better over time, and it's, it's, it's totally a very weird. it's a very weird success story of Steam Early Access. So good job, Unknown Worlds. You guys actually you did, did the it. right thing. Yeah, you, you did it. Do a daisy. Everyone everyone was doubting them because they did this off the back of Natural Selection too, which was like really good, but then kind of bombed. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is just incredible to the moon and then crashed and fell into an ocean planet and then subnautica that was a good that was good because they had a slingshot around the moon do you want to give the kids Uh, no they used no that used to be the story can you move your mic back a tiny bit thanks um i'm just looking at the i can see the when i look at you i can see the way all i can see is like your closest being like pepper in the microphone Mm. um so yeah i guess what i wanted to touch on initially is like 
could you give the humble the person you listening the hot take the hot take of like just what the game's about uh the basic plot as you want to say i know it's changed a few times but like yeah the basic i won't get into the spoilers but i'll get into the, the gist. there will be light spoilers in that this episode just because some of the text like, to talk about it yeah yeah so um you're you're a boy on a ship and the ship gets hit destroyed something had changed the intro stayed the same but the reasoning behind it has changed and telling you why would be a spoiler so we yeah. shan't um so your ship is damaged the game just opens up with you in an in an escape pod um it's pretty intense escaping um and then your your escape pod lands well you get knocked out by a panel which is just horrible it's health rough. and safety violation there like that i will tell you what the opening in vr is terrifying because that panel like, that panel rockets towards oh, your face oh that's not cool um, is, that, is that like the old uh 3d films in like 2004 where the shark jumps yeah out it literally it feels like dying like it's rough this anyway is, yeah we'll this continue is, this is not related um, to the podcast but the cat's clearly just taken a shit and i can smell it oh smell joy it. yeah um sorry i can't because i have sinus problems yeah. um nah, so you you crash you crash <laughs> land on some ocean planet yep it's just well it's a moon it's a planet. You crash land on this yeah, planet you crash land. in an ocean. Well, you don't really know it's a moon until a bit later. Until n- nighttime, essentially. Yeah. And you see the planet. And you go, and oh, it's, it's massive. You're like, oh, that's, that's a bit too big to be a moon. Yeah. Um, so you're on a moon, which is just water. Um, yep. And you're in the space, you're in the spaceship escape pod mm-hmm. and you get out and have fun. Everything's fucked. Your skate pod is like broken to shit, and you just and have to start. You just have to kind of go. Yeah. Um, and you, there's there's an AI which doesn't really help. It just kind of tells you that you're fucked. It does that a lot the, in the later <laughs> iterations of the game, like the one I'm playing now, which is the full release. It does a lot of like nagging, where it's like you fucked up, guy. You yeah, go it's fix just this. like you're, you're like, dead. You're 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 not. You're probably gonna die. Every now and then, it's useful. Like every now and then, when you're like you're busy collecting materials, and it goes thirty seconds of oxygen left, and you're like fuck, and you have to book yeah. it back to your ship or whatever. But like the whole early game is just like you have a zero point three chance of surviving. It started to. It, it does like, that you a pick, lot. You 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 craft like your first knife, and it's like your chances of survival have increased to. <laughs> one of my slightly possible to a bit better yeah. one of my favorite things about that ai is later on it starts to criticize you for getting too comfortable <laughs> so when you build a really like i build i'm in the middle of building this elaborate base just for mm. fun and it's like one of the reminders that like it, one of the voiceovers from the ai pops up the screen and it's like just a friendly reminder that You're this habit escape th- this habitat is not permanent yeah, you do yeah, not yeah. live here. Do not get too comfortable. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and it's 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 kind of like I I like that they give the some flavor to the AI, and it comes into it a bit later with the story. But I I, I guess what compels me about the premise of this is it's a civilization that is like, you know, especially when you read some logs from some of the ship's crew, it's kind of a Star Trek civilization. Like a lot of the problems of like war and famine and stuff have been solved. Yeah. So it's it's that post scarcity yeah like sci-fi so it's it's yeah it's very star Star trek's like the only one that's really done it well because it's not popular like nowadays it's like, really because it, it's too i think it's too earnest everyone's, everyone's too keen on yeah everyone's keen on like the, the, the dystopian yeah. or the post-apocalyptic or the sort of like like the the downtrodden rebels like we have with star Trek, star, star, star wars, wars. Yeah, uh, you always fuck that up, like we have like, in Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but Star Trek has always been just like 
everything's fine, but here's just like a little pocket of trouble. Here's a pocket of um, trouble because Captain Kirk's a cowboy. Yeah. And that's for, kind of for reference, I've been, me and Laura and Phil have been watching uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which is very good. I don't know why you hate it. I don't I hate th- it. It's just not as good as the new season. No, it's I agree that with that. New Star because Trek. it's it's made in the nineties, but like it's it, not bad. I just it has it has some pretty good episodes. I will say it's fun to see. It's mostly like political drama, but which like, is my favorite. I can get that. I can get uh, that. some of the episodes are very stuff. good. I feel like the older we get, the more that stuff really attracts us. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I I, I guess to me what what's curious is that in a lot of video games, the future tends to be. Kind of three options, right? You've either got like your Fallout Fallout worlds where it's like everything is yeah, over so it's extremely bad. Yeah. Um. You've got your Call of Duty where everyone has space guns and they're in they're, they're doing crazy. Everyone's a mech like man. industrial, yeah, like military industrial machine. A- everyone's a bit. Ro- it's like Deus Ex. Everyone's a bit of a robot and yeah. society's in upheaval. Or you've got apparently for a twist the Subnautica where it's like this scarcity free world where it's exploration, but then you're you're dropped in a situation where suddenly. You're asked to adapt and change. And there isn't much of that. Like, I'm trying to think the, the sort of post-scarcity, like, video I would, games. I except will, for, like... Yeah, uh, I, th- I think Horizon Zero Dawn touches on it a few times, but then uh, it's... Horizon is different. But it's implied... It's all implied that that's, that's already gone. Like, that used, that used Horizon to be the is Horizon is, like, post-post. Like post-post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Which is incredibly cool. Um, But... Yeah, I, I don't, I, I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing this kind of world building anywhere in games these days. Like, about this kind of world. And that's curious to me, because I don't think the market... Like, I think maybe the market for Star Trek people... Like, I think maybe it's pitching maybe to, like, 40-year-olds and 50-year-olds <laughs> now. Like, I don't think that the kids who are playing like, Minecraft... The, are like, the most recent Star Trek game is uh, Bridge Crew. <laughs> Which for a while was a VR exclusive. Which was basically and, just pitched to yeah, for YouTubers to have fun. Yeah, and that's it, that's essentially just yeah, be on the bridge and like there's no real like the the conflict in that game is just the systems. Like yeah. there's no It's it's pretty much what it would be like actually working on a starship. Yeah, which is actually what the job. point yeah, it's the point of the which game. It's pretty cool. Um but yeah, you don't like the like sub Subnautica takes that sort of premise of this like very high functioning sci fi um, society, and then throws it into a survival scenario. Yeah, it's it's. The, I think the the reason that works is because. So for for those of you who haven't played it or don't really know the concept, basically, like in the in this sci fi world, your human type race because we're not sure if they're actually human. Yeah, they're human. Human adjacent. Um, they sort of have the ability to fabricate things based on materials, and they have tools that will sort of render those things into existence using the materials yeah it's very it's like a it, they literally have a fabricator like a in star fabricator. trek where you put the thing yeah. in and you go make me a coffee and it makes you a coffee <laughs> except you, have you need to, to low resources to feed it, yeah which is cool well it's, i think it, it's it also shows like the advancements of the society that you're able to put in alien sort of like alien components alien entities and it spits out human tech human adjacent tech like you're able to go grab a fish and then it cooks the fish or you're the the fact that you're able to get like a fish and then it goes oh i know how to get water from this fish or even like even like you know alien material like, like alien seaweed and it's yeah, like, like i can make silicon or, or, or like or, lubricant yeah from or this. glob you know a, a gel sack that you put in and it turns it into an aerogel that you would use yeah. in like a spaceship wing 
Like, that stuff is so interesting to me because it implies that, like, the AI is doing a lot of this work. Like this Yeah, the AI learning. isn't... It's not just put in components that it knows and spits out, like, based on a fixed blueprint. It's Exactly. It's, it's clearly taking in just, like, Done, material yeah. and then just, like, analyzing whatever it, it is and then just building based on that. And I th- So it's, like, it's that <laughs> next step... It's that next step where it's not just manufacturing. It's, like the stem cell of manu like stem cell yeah. research version of so manufacturing. interesting <laughs> which is like a, like that in itself is a crazy cool idea well that's what that's what fabricators do as well mm-hmm. in star trek they take they build things on a they just take gener- on a generic level, yeah man. they build on a molecular level so yep. that's like it's almost as if the material you're giving it is like that kind of thing where it's just like you're just giving it raw Dark. matter yeah and then it goes okay we and then it goes it. and rearranges it yeah. which is kind of cool because one of the most interesting parts of the world building and like the future ideas in this film is that and, and uh, baby game come on david you can do this you've been yep. podcasting for two and a half years um <laughs> that i literally was like it's a film because we talked about star trek my yep. brain don't work no good <clears throat> so more um so one of the coolest parts about that is the vehicles that you build in the game aren't built for water originally and this is one of my favorite parts of playing the game so in the game you Except have like for the two ones that are let's talk about that because <laughs> as you get later into the game maybe they're not right okay so what's kind of cool is you know for a fact that one vehicle the the sort of prawn mech suit they call it's called a prawn suit it's the prawn suit it's it's an exoskeleton it's a hundred percent just like it's a, an exosuit. yeah for like space yeah, it's definitely it's, not for and water. You can go into the into the crash ship and you can find actual posters of it in space and you can find yeah. logs where they're like talking about how they basically use it to repair the ship in outer space. It's yeah. a deep spacesuit in this exoskeleton. But when you land on the planet and you scan the fragments, you can read the entry and it's like, yeah, well, it would work for underwater too, so we've reprogrammed a lot of how it works to work underwater. Yeah, we've, like, ref- the AI we've reversed the pressure. Yeah, and the AI Instead just does of being that. Inside out, it's outside yeah, in. The AI, AI just does that by itself. Yeah. There's no human involved. And so when you build it, it works underwater. And it's very, like, that's such a. It seems like a simple, like, oh, well, that makes sense. But what's really cool about that is what it implies is a lot. Right, so then when you build the the sort of the Seamoth, which is like your sort of your one man sub, and then your Cyclops, which is your big kind of submarine, the subtext there is that they also didn't exist in the context of water. Water, same right. with like the life pod. So maybe the Seamoth was like a one man, you know, uh, fighter ship in space or an exploration ship, and then the Cyclops was like a like a like a human transport for space travel. But the cool thing is if you think about the this society moving through space, they land on a planet, they know how to build the cyclops for space, and the AI goes, "Oh, well this this is a lava planet or a water planet. Let's craft one that's going to work here." Yeah. So it makes sense when you think about that cuz a lot of people's, you know, the 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 decry for this game is like, "Oh, it's very convenient that your ship was like stuck with a bunch of like seafaring equipment." But I think that's <laughs> you like You land on a rock planet. Yeah. You like you're fuck. dead. You yeah. build a sea moth and it just goes thunk yeah. on the ground. But I th- I think that's like totally missing the point of why this world is so cool and interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, and potentially like <sighs> And I don't know if this is, like, something that I've, like, read into the subtext. Because I've sort of been playing it a lot. <laughs> um, it's so you've good. Pl- I think you've probably played it more in, like, the past, like, since release since than I've, out. like, ever played. It's so polished. It's just, I can't, it's so good. <laughs> um, so, from a gameplay perspective, 
they tie in a lot of those <laughs> mechanics into like you have to go collect it's very minecrafty you collect a resource you yeah. go back you build the thing this game came out and this like this is more like just sort of like singing its praises this game came out during that big like um minecraft hype craze you know when like when rust was released and when uh, fucking like hurt world came out when was like a big like when like everyone was making minecraft or like survival games like that was the key because this was crafting yeah because this was the the crossover between daisy mod and um yeah minecraft yeah, so yeah this yeah. yeah this came out a bit before or around Daisy's uh, standalone. So, like, that's where it sits. Mm-hmm. Like, right in the middle of that craze. And early on, this game ran like shit. And it was buggy Ooh, and it looked boy. horrible. So, everyone... And it was, like... It was from a team that was already working on another multiplayer game. So, it looked bad. Like, on paper, it was, like, early access, no buggy, succeed. low performance. It's made by a team that has another game. They're and it's busy. coming out with it's like it's it's just like sitting on the hype train yeah and the fact that they were able to take that and originally the game was bare bones like there was literally nothing else apart from just surviving and but they've kind of like slowly and i'm pretty sure the ai wasn't even there the the only ai was just 30 seconds left yeah ai is pretty and like the personnel like but when you think about so this was going to be my question when you think about that process of them developing that as they've got the basic idea of the game they're like it's it's minecraft but it's underwater have these elements how do you then work like it's crazy to me that they came up with such an interesting compelling premise for the story that ties into that i think do you think that they had that first or they had the mechanic like how do you think that kind of transpired if you had to having like been there since literally day one that's what i mean um, because you've got more you've got got the timeline (laughs) there there was definitely there's definitely like a couple of turning points of like the development of this game so the first one was definitely when they made the aurora explode Spoilers, the Aurora explodes in, like, mm-hmm. five hours in. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, like, super early on, the Aurora wasn't even there? No, the Aurora's always been there. It may or may not have always been there. But for a while, the Aurora cannot, would just... Cannot confirm. Yeah, the, for a while, the, the Aurora would just sit there. Um, and you couldn't go into it or anything. And it was just there as kind of, like, window dressing and also kind of as, like, a, like a compass marker. Um, so... The one of the patches that they added is when they in when they introduced the um the explodey explodey aurora. Yeah, when it has like it has like a, a the therm- the nuclear reactor detonates. Yeah, and they add the uh that that's also when they added the radiation suit. So yeah. like if you're too, I think like most of the time you have to have a radiation suit to sort of stay in the uh. You in can the you can. This is kind of a. <laughs> It's kind of a spoiler, but spoilers in the title of the thing is always. But you can then go into the Aurora now. Yeah, and you yeah. can repair so, the radiation damage. Yeah, so, so it's less. They they added those. That was added. And that was like the first out of water, or at least partially out of water kind yeah. of experience in the game. Because you like, could find like outcroppings of coral that were just like tiny juts. That, like, yeah, literally, like, like you could that you stand. Could just stand on, on. Yeah, you could stand on like your your escape pod. Yeah, so like you could, you could build a out of water was there, but like on. the game was like very much an underwater game at that point. Um, and it was horrifyingly like th- th- like those early. Like, I remember like when we talked about it because we did a video essay on this on this one a while ago uh, for the uh, Potato Clinic series. And man, <laughs> when we were looking at that concept, the thing that you kept coming back to is like the fear that the game taps into works every time. Yeah, and that those early builds when you go back and look at them, oh my god, you can see that they knew what they wanted. Like, yeah, like even though it's not there yet, you can feel like even like the concept art is 
terrifying. It's I. It's not. I'm not. It's not okay. <laughs> like it's not. It's not fine with me. Like they. They definitely knew what they wanted. Like from the ground up, they wanted it to be this underwater game, and they yeah. wanted to have that element of sort of mystery. Um. So the first turning point was definitely the aurora exploding because mm-hmm. that was, that was the first piece of actual story. Like that was the first thing that like would happen in game partly regardless of player interaction but also like it it wasn't just like a premise it like actually happened while you were playing which i think is the key thing like the whole crashing it's, yeah, it's, and it's like, not just a cutscene. like before. yeah that's that's like that doesn't actually impact you playing the game because it's the opening but the the aurora exploding like is an active part of the game yeah so that was like the first time Wait, and also changes the way that you play the game because then the radiation happens it becomes like a to, thing yeah yeah you so, either have to leave town or just or get a suit or get or, a suit, which usually requires leaving town. It basically means that you have to get out of the shallows, which pushes it, it for nudges, the agenda of trying to get you spooked by underwater things. Boy, um, doesn't it? <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Um, so that was like probably definitely the first turning point. I think the second one was probably the precursor update because yeah. that was the update that added. Because like when that came out, people were like what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what the fuck is a precursor? Right. Like, like, when they sort of added the... It's weird to say alien, because everything on that planet is alien, but, But like, the the intelligent alien, (laughs) like, the non... Because you've got the... non-water monster alien. Because you've got the indigenous life forms, which live... So, uh, for people uh, uh, who haven't played the game, um, there's three stories in the game. There's the stories... There's a story of... The Aurora. Yeah. There's a story of the precursors, then there's a story of the indigenous life forms. Yeah. And the indigenous life forms is fucking buckwild. That's like the creatures underwater. There are some buckwild stuff that happens late in the game, but yeah. what you start to realize is that like the 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 human element, you arriving, is the least like it makes the least sense. Everything else kind of fits together. Yeah. When you think about it. Um, which we'll get to at the very end, because I don't want to spoil the game for anyone. But like introducing more than one race of people i could imagine would throw like that's kind of wild like in a it's game that was sort of like minecrafty and the, you go, oh no there's a the, story the worst part of subnautica is when you're just like when you're like deep into it like you're, you're you're like 20 hours in and like you're just kind of exploring and then you come across an underwater facility and you're like i didn't build this what, what is this, fuck doing is this? Here? yeah it's very and you old. go up to it and it's like a voice and it's like please insert blah 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 to access and you're like no like i don't have a purple tablet yeah it's like no go just fuck off see ya which which go back to the shallows and you never go back and it's like that is like that was definitely the turning that's like a like that patch was definitely a long time to fix that problem oh yeah it was pretty (laughs) but i like even then like one of the best things the game does is rather than like you can you can progress through the game by yourself but you can't speedrun it because you have to play the game for long enough for certain events to trigger. Yeah. Which is interesting to me because what that speaks to is that the developers really trust- They really trust that you're going to be playing long enough well, they trust to get that, to that point. They trust that if you're, if you're invested enough to want to find out what's going to happen- You're then okay with the- You have to have made enough progression that you're going to be able to deal with it. So you have to have been playing long enough. So you must be okay with playing. It's a weird loop- well, like, if you're gonna find out what happens... Well, yeah, even just the, the radiation, yeah, the, the exactly. aurora exploding, if you're playing long enough... I mean, they it gets teased pretty early that the aurora is gonna explode, but, like, especially coming from 
literally every other survival game where it's just like you can go on the world and do whatever you want just Subnautica's punch like, some trees subnautica is nah. like no this happens in hour five yeah. and if you don't do anything about it your home base you is super have to be ready for it and so it it's like when you're getting those teasers early on you're like yeah i can probably go over and blow it up when and i you want f- you forget about it and, you and, then, the it, shit, and, then, and then the ai is just like oh it's happening tonight you're like, you're like say what fuck it's like very... it's happening in 10 seconds you're like what like, i'm not this isn't cool <laughs> and then yeah. it happens and you're you're like there's no way that that big thing in the distance is gonna oh and you go shit this game's for real <laughs> and then it blows up and you go, and you I go fucked okay up. which like that even that like subversion of expectation like that you know there's stuff later on so like for example and i'm not gonna like i want to try not to spoil like too much of like the end game because a lot of it is very like experiential but to suffice to say that at some point you come across a giant skeleton <laughs> and you go, oh, that's pretty big. And you scan it and then you find the thing that made it. Mm. And then later on, you find one that's even bigger, which is what I sent you last night. And I yeah. went, fuck. <laughs> like, because there's like a scale of stuff in this game that you can deal with. Like scale wise is like small stuff and big stuff and like Leviathan size stuff. And you go, that's fine. And then, and then like, you find like a bigger. skeleton that is clearly like five times the size of the biggest thing you've seen and you go oh it's bad but you like and you 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 just there's just stuff in this game that's just big it's just big and you're like this is like i can't it's even worse than vr i can't process it's even bigger (laughs) it's i'll say this i i uh i've been playing it on the i've got the the new screen and it's Mm. running like beautifully it's like i'm running uh, playing it like 2k whatever and it's smooth it's like 120 frames and i'm playing it and there, like, when I was playing it on my old screen, I was fine. I was like, Subnautica is scary. But the new one, like, it's too fluid and things, like, it, it things just. Things look too real. And there's some stuff in that game that, like, legitimately scares me. Yeah. And playing it now is tough as a fucking grown ass adult because, like, that stuff, if it was in real life, I'd be like, I'm never going underwater. I, I, I've never been good with, like, um, snorkeling. Even, like, seaweed creeps me out. Like, in, um. Seaweed's creepy. Yeah, I think, like, if you go back to uh, our Potato Clinic video, which is fucking old. so long ago. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try to um, remember to link it in the uh, Yeah, like, my my experiences with oceans in general, it's like, I've I've always lived in, like, coastal areas. But, like, yeah. so, like, some elements of ocean creeps me out. I mean, I suppose as, like, because, you know, you grew up in New Zealand for a bit and then you were in Australia. And, yeah. You know, growing up in Australia, like, we're on the coast here. I think there's an element, like, it might just be that Subnautica works really well if you live on the coast of Australia. If you, because if you have that, like, you have an, attachment to You have, you have to an identity oceans. to the ocean yeah. and the beach, and you think of it as, like, it's like a fun, like, the beach is like a fun place to go. Because they're shark this nets. Is, this is our jaws. <laughs> this is it's the wh- jaws of our generation. It seriously is. Yeah. Because then I'm like, some of the stuff is exaggerated and crazy, but some of it you're like, oh, yeah, that. Well, jaws was exaggerated and, and crazy. Yeah. Um, no, my, my point from all of that was going to be that as you progress through the game, what it forces you to do is to progress the tech you're building. So instead of what most, like Minecraft forces you through uh, ability to access scarce resources. Yeah. So you suddenly need diamond because you need to go fight this creature to get the egg that does the thing to build it's the like thing. It's like you don't even need portal. diamond. It's just like you just want diamond because the wiki says it's better. Exactly. Whereas <laughs> Subnautica, like... You don't necessarily need to build that module, you know, or build that upgrade or build that ship. You can ostensibly, if you're smart enough, play the whole game almost just with you if you've upgraded your oxygen tanks. Yeah. But like, you start to build the vehicles because it gives you like security. 
And like you start to play into the world building with your mechanics of the stuff you're making and the stuff you're collecting. Not because like you go, oh, well, I'm going to progress. You're like, I want to feel a bit safer when I'm exploring. Yeah, it's and like the being like in terms of like how safe you feel. It's like, yeah, when you're just swimming around, even if you're in a completely safe oh, area, dude, no. just like just swimming in a big open space when you don't have like the speed and like the... Mm -hmm. the extra health bar of the of like the seamoth or the um or the cyclops it's like there's really a, exposed. yeah there's like an element of like i just don't want to be here and i don't know like how they put it well I, I think it's because you start vulnerable and you slowly get less vulnerable so then the minute you jump out of a vehicle and you're it's in like, just like a mortar your ape brain is going wild yeah it's like no 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 we're in the open fucking sahara having dude. having to replace the battery on the seamoth is the fucking worst part of subnautica because it's on dude. the back of the bloody thing you have to get out and replace it and fuck around gotta with get batteries. that solar charging unit dude oh uh. um, no the, that's not true the worst one is the cyclops because when it runs out of power and it needs six it fucking power cells stops. to run and you have to run into the back, and all you can hear outside is things moving. And just creaking. And, and you're like, I only have two power cells. <laughs> and you load them in, and you get like 10 meters, and you go, fuck. And you have to like, get out of the ship, and start to repair it. And you're at like, a thousand meters depth. <laughs> and it's pitch black, and all you can hear is things moving. And then you see like, the wisp of a tentacle, and you're like, the fuck was that? <laughs> and it's probably just a tiny fish, right? Mm. Probably. It's, it's, it might not be yeah, there. it's probably fine. Um... No, but that, like, I, and I think this is a testament to, like, the way that the technology funnels into the gameplay, the way that we're talking about it. Like, you don't, it's it's kind of, in our Darkest Dungeon episode, we alluded to this idea of, like, when a game kind of meshes its gameplay and world building in a really powerful way, and they integrate, you don't, like, when you play Subnautica, you're not like, I need to do this gameplay system. You're just like... I gotta get me that nickel so I can build the thing so I can do the because I feel unsafe. Yeah, and it's like Darkest Dungeon. Like, man, I gotta. This guy's going crazy. I gotta do something about it. I gotta use this spell. It's not like I've got to min max my health bar. Like, yeah, you you get into like this weird flow with the game where you stop separating the dissonant elements of playing a game and 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 playing in a world, and they just kind of become one thing. Yeah, I think like there's so many survival games that just cock it up like so badly. Like they cock up their like technology progression it becomes like a spreadsheet kind of thing yeah like rust and arc like in my opinion and like modded minecraft i guess are like the the most like heinous examples of like power creep like i don't know how else to describe it but it's like when you so when you play subnautica when you when you spawn in fresh nothing like you have like if you just to, if you kind of just like take at face value what your character can do, it's quite a lot. Yeah. Like you have the fabricator, you have a health kit generator, you have like you can swim, and you have like oxygen tanks. Like you can do you can pretty much if you wanted to start building a lot of the end game personal kit. Yeah, like you can yeah. kind of you can kind of start pretty quick, and most of the stuff needed to like sort of progress in the game is in like sort of the the, the general starting areas it's also like it's, it's it's not resource it's you find the location to scan the blueprint yeah like there's progressing in subnautica isn't difficult it's just like especially when you're playing for the first time it's like there's just like a lot happening so it feels like it's very it's overwhelming like, yeah it's more kind of like um engaging if, if you want to see that in action we have a uh, on the 
old channel, the DCMI Hey Pie channel. David, you playing, can see yeah. us and I play it, and I'm playing it for the first time. Yeah, and like just the it's overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, and you can see me getting overwhelmed, and that that's like such a like you know in Minecraft you go okay I'll punch a tree, punch a tree. And it's very like, it's, like you just do that thing. Very mechanic. Whereas yeah, Subnautica like the minute you drop into the ocean you go oh no. like literally every time I start a new save game on Subnautica I'm like what do I do first? Cause like it's, it's not, not like it's, it's not Minecraft where you you have like a tech tree like it's yeah it's, you it's, have quite yeah. a lot that you can do from the start. There's also no fucking recipes, so you don't have to fucking yeah. use a wiki. God you just damn it. open the fabric. You just open the thing and it you tells hit, you what the you fuck to do. You hit your tab button and go to the blueprints yeah. and go, what do I need? Um, Which, by the way, <sighs> really... Well, I think that's smart for a few reasons, right? Because you, you've got a tab... Like, in the, in the game, you have a tablet that you use for your inventory and all that yeah. stuff. And, and your blueprints and stuff. And your databasing. So, yeah, if you'd made the thing once, of course, you. the yeah. tablet, like, your fucking iPad would be like, yeah, yeah, I remember how you made it last time. Um. Yeah, but the... So, the... The problems I have with uh, Ark and Rust is that they start off and they start off very scarce. Like, when you start in Rust, you're literally just like a fucking naked boy on, like, a coast and you literally have nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, you start, like, more naked than, like, fucking Daisy. Um, And, like, the same with Ark. Like, you start and you just have fuck all. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But, like, if you watch... And, like, this is kind of why, like, modded Minecraft is kind of, like, in there as well. If you watch, like, high-level, quote-unquote, high-level, like, Ark, Rust, and modded Minecraft play, it's, like, it's a different game. Like, in Ark, it's, like, you've started taming dinosaurs, and you've started leveling them up, and you're basically running, like, Jurassic Park, and you've, you know, you're flying on pterodactyls, and it's, like... That is so different to what you started off, where it's like everything was trying to fuck you up. Just and like in Rust, you're running around with like like handmade AK-47s, building like giant fortresses filled with traps, and it's like you started with a rock. It's and it's like dumb. modern Minecraft. It's like you have to be fair. Modern Minecraft is insane and different. I give it a pass for that. Yeah. But it's like Subnautica. It's you, like yeah, you start off on a planet with high tech equipment, and you end up on a planet with just more high-tech equipment. Yeah. Like, there's and no... And you feel as unsafe. Yeah, like, like there's... You know, there's never a point, like, even in your base, you're like... You're never, like... flood anytime. Yeah, you're never, like, at the point where it's just like, ah, oh, just fucking tame the dinosaur, whatever, it's fine. It's just like, no, you don't just... Also, like... The Reaper is dangerous always. Killing... <laughs> killing... Pow- that, I think that's the other thing. Killing powerful creatures in Subnautica is going to expend, like, a ton of resources. Yeah. Like, to fire a torpedo, you got to plan that shit for days. Like, it's a whole thing, like... You gotta have like it's like it's like putting on a theater production. Mm. Like you gotta have it loaded in the right silo the and like time guy. it right. And you gotta yeah. it's a whole you know. And Brett's late, so the fucking cap is missing. <laughs> you know, but no, I absolutely and and I think that you know when you look at those those games that you were kind of describing, I think the biggest problem is like you know the reason that Daisy worked, and this is I think what the whole industry fucking missed. It's like classic. <laughs> like a, it's like a Hollywood problem that's bled into games development. Yeah. Is, the thing that made Daisy work wasn't the survival. It was the survival plus the fact that you never could really progress beyond a certain point. So it was always kind of tooth and nail, bare knuckle. Yeah, even like the end game of Daisy was just like, you've survived for a bit and you still have guns. And you had a few more bullets than everyone else. Yeah. You've got five more than everyone else. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> you maybe have half a car built. Whereas, you know, Ark is like, you're flying on a pterodactyl and you've got a portal gun. It's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. that's not... That, why is that interesting or fun? Like... The biggest threat in DayZ was that 
anyone could kill you anytime because a dude punching you is with like a pistol like he could yeah. punch you to death if you have a fucking rifle if you just miss yeah like and you had two bullets that's that's like a crazy risk and subnautica is the same like if you have a torpedo and you miss firing at that reaper he might just get you yeah and that's kind of i don't know that that to me is more interesting than you know uh, here's a spreadsheet of the yeah. way that you should play like this game you have like like other games it's like they they creep up to this end game where it's just like all right now now the game is starting now you've got all of this stuff and you can start playing you the game the it's thing. like an mmo where it's like subnautica it's just like you just stay here the whole time yeah it's just like you are always scared you're always scared because <laughs> it's an alien world and you're just a man you're just a boy and you're a very weird looking boy have you seen the player model yeah it's, it's not unpleasant. exactly the prettiest boy no i tr- i tend not to look in mirrors um in that game but i think the thing that i wanted to end this part of the episode on is that Atop, on top of all of that, one of the best things that Subnautica does is that you can build bases and you can put furniture in and you can make it feel like home. Yeah. And in a world that is totally alien and is full of dangerous things, there's nothing better than like coming into your base and going into the room with your bed and the, the, <laughs> the you know, the, the teddy bear that you stole from the Aurora and yeah. the posters on your wall and the desk and the microscope and, and the ornaments that you've collected across your journeys and just going in and just taking like two minutes to just enjoy it yeah. and relax. But it's that time of the week, Ben. What recommendations have you got? What have you got? What have you been uh, watching or listening to or playing? We're up to... We, we're, we're just finishing season seven of Doctor Who. I'm sorry. And it's fucking atrocious. It's really bad. I love it when Moffat, like, spoils the climax of the episode oh. in the opening. Oh. Like, the really important oh. bit of, like, the really important companion character. I love it when he's just like, I'm going to open with the climax. You know what, what episode I'm talking about? Yeah. It's just open with the climax. Uh, we were watching it. I just walked off. I was like, nah, I don't need to see this episode anymore. He just showed the climax of the... It, um... Fuck you, Moffat. It, uh, get, get, gets worse. <laughs> yeah, I... So, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't yeah. know why I'm watching That's this That's not shit. a good recommendation. No, uh, uh, literally anything else except for season seven of, season of Doctor Who. Season seven of Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who yep. season. Uh... I was going to recommend something, but now I've forgotten because I think about how bad Doctor Who is. Uh, uh, it's, uh, uh, Kira, Kira Benita is a fucking hilarious artist. They're just, I don't know, been jamming I, to that. I know what I was going to recommend. I've been watching literally nothing but Lindsay Ellis for the last week. So, oh, video dude, Lindsay Ellis is. I've fallen down the hole. Prime. Yeah, she's a she's video essay best. person. She's amazing. I, it's all, I've watched a lot of her stuff twice. It's fun. Laura, Laura is very keen on Lindsay I Ellis. I get it. As well. it she's yeah. incredible. Uh, I have a problem because I. <laughs> just keep watching our stuff uh that and if you haven't before um i highly recommend the reply all podcast we talked about it before on uh, messenger but reply all is one of my favorite podcasts i've been really they're, they're, they did a bitcoin episode yeah. recently and it was very funny see this is when i'm like ben you should listen to this you'll love it and you're like you dickhead but I mean, you do and you're like this is great right this is very good yeah podcast. reply all it's on itunes all the places um but where can people find us ben not reply uh, where can they find us facebook uh, DCM Works Social on Facebook. Twitter. At DCM underscore works or hashtag AFA pod. We follow that on Twitter also. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, death threats, hate mail, that all goes on hashtag AFA pod. All of the above. Maybe not death threats because that's super a crime, but everything YouTube. else. Uh, YouTube.com slash DCM Works. We're kind of moving away from YouTube because the money thing. Um, 
So if you would like us to keep making the video podcasts, uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're watching this and you're like, man, this seems okay. This isn't like a blackmail thing. We'll probably keep doing it, but it'll give me more incentive to spend more time on them. You'll notice a huge discrepancy between the quality of the Jack Sparrow video, uh, the Jack Sparrow podcast and the one last week. They could not be more different because one of them we were making money from and then the other one was just, I guess, was nothing. So, yeah. Patreon. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash DCMworks if you want to find out all of the topics for this year's AFA podcast per month. I don't even know them. They're going up sometime next week. I said that last week, but then <laughs> I accidentally deleted my spreadsheet from my Dropbox. Well, nice. So I have to go through my instant messages to find those again. It's fine. Um, so that'll go up sometime next week. And then you can vote on topics. Uh, we've already had a few patrons vote on topics for this month. And spoilers, we're doing one of them. Because you're all basically suggested the same thing. Uh, so look forward to that. If you have any ideas for the future thing, you know, topic-wise, hit us up on Patreon. Uh, you can also get access to our Patreon-only podcast, <coughs> Open to Suggestion, where at the moment we're doing a kind of audiobook... Spooky. Spoopy series, the Interface series. Um, it's hard to explain. It involves flesh interfaces, bed constraint scenarios, Nazis, Nazis. and somehow also... My favorite bit is where it's horrible. A lot of it's very <laughs> confronting, but it's incredibly interesting as a story. And then you get to kind of... It's kind of like an audiobook mixed with a podcast where I, we kind of reflect on it after the fact. Yeah, we just um, kind of have a chat every yeah. now and then and contemplate... How bad it is. Death. Yeah, uh, part six is life. going up soon. Um, I've been... Uh, faffing on the editing i'm trying to get it perfect and I just busy should, should just release it been um, busy yeah uh, and if you become a uh, subscriber to the patreon you also get a whole bunch of uh back-end content that we just it's like backlog stuff and you get also get early access to video essays if you want that and i think that's all the patreon get stuff all this garbage but it's free the only $3. way that we get paid now so if you want to support us that's the best way to do it become a subscriber you get a bunch of dope stuff it's like subscribing to netflix but cheaper so do it you know and it's, it's like subscribing to netflix but there's just a lot less stuff but, but less it is cheaper stuff, and it's helping your boys and that's what us, it's all about the boys us your boys do you got anything else ben or no places it's, i think that's it oh if you want to buy a pillow redbubble.com slash people slash you want a pillow for some reason if you want to buy a pillow or a you need to de-pill that pillow what do you mean it's getting pills yeah i know it's getting pilled you gotta get one of those pill well, removers easy so oh, bloody can, get grab a yeah you can buy a pillow yeah uh, if you want, or a t-shirt, or some other cool stuff, like a, uh, I think they do, like, wall tapestries now, if you want. That, oh, God. That logo for some reason. That's so weird. Yeah. Um, so, feel free to do that. Otherwise, I'm at DC on my head pie. I'm at literal citrus. I'll see you guys next week. You said your name with. Mer. I'm at literal citrus. I'm at literal citrus. Yeah, I'm at literal citrus, see. Oh. It was probably a song that reminded me of it, or I'd done an Arnold's What's a Nigga voice. Writing is definitely an isolating from an yeah. outside perspective, that's weird as fuck. Makes fun. us look really um, mental. But that is because of what it kind of said about art. Did I? That had fun in bits. There were fun bits. We, went and, we went and bought a value pack of straps. Oh my god, we did. There is a big lesson here to learn about storytelling. 